Kim, it's Melissa. If you're with Dan and you get this, please have him call me. Tulu got hurt at school. She needs to go to an ER. She's got a gash on her head. I'm leaving the audition without having gone in. I need to reach him. I don't know if you're with him or not. If you are, please have him call me. I never parked. Now I'm driving for me. Thank you. To go get her and uh, take her to a hospital? I don't know. Apparently she's, yeah. It's sad. Uh, she cut her head open. Anyway. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is uh, The Bitterest Pill. I am Dan Class. I'm in my garage. Yes, it's true. Um, yeah. Thanks for, uh, you know, thanks. All right, let's get right back to the story. We left off, uh, actually, well, let's recap. I'm on my way to, see, I'm not going to the PR thing. I'm not going to the PR thing because I decided not to go to the PR thing to go to the audition. Right? And then Tim Coyne calls me after the PR thing saying, hey, the PR thing's done and you could have gone, but uh, you didn't because now you're going to the audition. And right as I'm pulling up to the audition, what happens? My phone rings, but it's a number that I don't recognize. And it's definitely not the agent's number. Although I suppose it could, you know, I don't know. And I think that's really weird that they should call me right now. So I say to Tim, Okay, listen, I got to tell you one more thing, and then I got to get off the phone because someone just called me. It's probably just some spam call, you know? But here I'm in the middle of a conversation about, you know, taking over the world. So then my phone rings again. So I'm like, all right, dude, I- I've got to go because I don't know what's going on. But someone has called me, and then they they hung up, and then they didn't leave a message. They called me right back. So I got to hang up. Okay. So I hang up. And there's no voicemail. Even from the second call, there's no voicemail. So I do an auto redial. And the phone just rings. The phone just rings, the phone just rings, the phone just rings, the phone just rings. So then I call the other number. The first number is actually two similar but different numbers. So I call then the first or the second. I call the other number. And it rings and rings and rings. And then it says, hi, you've reached your kid's school. Oh, boy. Please, you've reached your kid's school. Uh, dial in the extension that you want or push zero for zero. Ring, 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 ring. Why are they picking up? I push zero. Ring, 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 ring. Ring, 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 ring. What the hell is going on? Now my heart is beating out of my chest. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. But if somebody doesn't pick up the phone pretty soon, I might actually just go into complete cardiac arrest. So I hang up the phone and I dial the school directly. They pick up on, of course, the second or third ring. Hello, hello, this is Dan. Oh, Mr. Class. Princess T had a bit of an accident. Uh-huh. Can you come to the school and pick her up? Uh-huh. What happened? Well, she was running and she ran into a wall and she's okay. We've stopped the bleeding. Uh-huh. 
but it seems uh, like a pretty serious cut, so you're probably going to need to take her to, uh, you know, a doctor or the emergency room. Uh-huh, I'll be right there. And as I am saying, I'll be right there. I am passing 2801 Ocean Park Boulevard. The place where I hope to win the health insurance lottery. So I pull a U-turn and I start to drive. I start to drive exactly back in the route that I just drove to get to the audition. I'm now going away and I'm calling my agent, calling the assistant. I talk to the assistant frantically like, dude, you're not going to believe this. I'm literally outside of the office. I'm outside of the casting director's office, but I've got to turn around because the school just called and I don't know what the heck's going on, but I think I have to go to the emergency room with my little angel. Do you understand? Please tell Pam that I'm not bullshitting, man. Please tell her. Please tell her. Please tell her that this is real and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that they think they stopped the bleeding. So then my phone rings, and it's my wife. Hello? Honey, did they get hold of you? Yes, they did. Where were you? Why weren't you picking up your phone? Honey, I'm driving to the school right now as fast as I can. Can we discuss my phone behavior later? Well, listen, they called me, and they tried to get hold of you. They tried to get hold of me. You know I'm in San Francisco. What are we going to do? Well... I'm going to go get her, and then I guess i got to take her to a doctor or to a hospital. So, so we divide and conquer. Now, she's in San Francisco. Melissa, my wife, is in San Francisco. She's supposed to be working. She's basically supposed to be saving her job. Basically, her job right now is to uh, get ready for a big pitch for their big client. And if they win the pitch, she gets to keep her job. And if they lose the pitch, you're fired. Right, so she's working on the big Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross pitch up in San Francisco, but now we've got this, uh, who knows what, contusion, laceration, uh, who knows what's going on. So she's going to call the pediatrician, and I'm going to drive like hell, okay? Because I'm local, and I'm out of my stinking mind, and it's uh, it's a good thing that somewhere in the car, I've got a zone bar. I don't know where it is. I can't find it. It's somewhere in my briefcase. I would swear to God that I put that zone bar in my briefcase. Why can't I find it at these red lights? I don't know. But she's going to call the pediatrician. Now, I'll tell you why. Listen, a pediatrician cannot, uh, you, you know, sew up her head or give her a butterfly or treat her right a pediatrician is a pediatrician you go to their office they smile and say hi and they listen to your lungs and and all that stuff but your pediatrician is someone that you know and that you trust and that is someone who is an expert in pediatric medicine specifically the pediatric medicine of your children now, there was a time, I'm sure, you know, if you've been listening to these uh, whatevers long enough, you, you remember the time that Princess hurt her arm. We didn't know how. She hurt her arm. And we got advice from someone, from Melissa's then boss. Oh, you listen, I've got the greatest guy. He's the great, he works on the Lakers. I got the greatest guy. They're with this big team of uh, doctors. They're right near your house. They work on the Lakers. Take him down there. And it was almost malpractice. Okay, you don't take advice from your boss. You don't take advice, right? You don't, you know who you take? You take advice, please, please, parents. 
Call your pediatrician. Even if it seems like a silly thing to do, call your pediatrician. So Melissa calls the pediatrician. This guy's the greatest. We love, we love Dr. K, okay? Dr. K says, listen, it's a bad time of day because it's lunchtime, but I'm going to give you two names and two numbers. Call them both, whoever you can get in to see, get in to see them right away. Tell them that I'm having you call, okay? Because I love Princess and I want Princess Trooper to get in there and get taken care of right away. Call me back and let me know what happens. So she is frantically calling, leaving messages. It's lunchtime. She's getting calls back or maybe she's not, she's not, she's not. Now, meanwhile, I'm rushing down to the school to get tea. And Melissa and I make the decision right at the last minute, but it had to be made. What do we do about Hudson? Because Hudson is rather protective of his sister and is a worrywart when it comes to his sister. And I love him for it. He loves and adores that little girl. And for him to see her injured will crush him. He will be a bigger wreck than she is. In turn, making her a bigger wreck than she is, making him a bigger wreck than he is, making her the guy who got I'm blah, 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 right? Okay. So we decide he's going to stay at school and we're going to maybe call a neighbor slash uh, classmate. You know, the people that I never even think to call in the first place, we're going to call a neighbor slash classmate and see if he can maybe go with them. Because you know what? These emergency rooms, like if I end up in an emergency room, he's going to be at school longer than even the 6 p.m. thing. Right? He's going to have to go somewhere with someone. Now, if I can get into a doctor, I don't know. If I, right? But if I have to go to an ER, if I have to go up to Cedars and wait in line, who knows what's going to happen? Well, I go into the school. And the, the front office lady is there. Oh, Mr. Class, she's right in here. Now, they have this little kind of triage area. They don't have a school nurse. It's a tiny little private school here in L.A. But you know what? They are, they are well-equipped. And I've made fun of uh, the situation before that they don't have a nurse. But the truth is, uh, you know, they, they really, I mean, for lay people really know what they're doing. And, and they did a great job. They put a big thing on her, you know, like a, you know, like a bandage, like a big swabby thing. And then gave her a, like a headband. So she's in there talking to her, uh, you know, being read to by her absolutely adorable teacher. And um, they're having a nice little read. They're reading, uh, you know, if you give a moose a muffin. And she actually doesn't look so bad. She looks a little sad and slightly covered in blood. Her hair, her shirt, splattered. Now, apparently she, uh, and I'm not, I'm not even right now, not even sure what happened. I think it was, she was, she went to the restroom with her friend who needed to go and she gave her friend a hug and the friend went in the bathroom and she was going to turn and run down and she ran and maybe she wasn't looking and pow. But they've got her all dressed, uh, you know, her wound is dressed. She's got an ice pack on her head and she's reading, if you give a moose a muffin, with Ms. Adorable. So, we say our goodbyes. And I get tea loaded in the car. 
And basically the plan is we're going to drive in the direction of Beverly Hills. <laughs> right? Because that's where the really good plastic surgeons are. Now, listen, this is our beautiful little girl. This cut is right on her forehead. We're going to take her to the best guy that we can find at lunchtime. As is dictated by Dr. K, who we trust. So, hi, baby, how you doing? So, we're talking because I don't, listen, I don't know if she has a concussion. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a doctor. You know that, right? Okay. But we're chitting and we're chatting and we're heading up to Beverly Hills. She says that she'd like a chocolate chip cookie. I say, great. We're going to give you anything you want because you've run headfirst into a wall. You want a chocolate chip cookie, honey? Then I will pull into the drive-thru of McDonald's for you. I will get you. Say you want one. I'm going to get you three. Now they're a dollar. Big deal. I'm going to get you three chocolate chip cookies. I get her the three chocolate chip cookies. While we're sitting in line in the drive-thru, I finally figure out which of the umpteen pockets of my briefcase I've stashed my zone bar so I can crack open my zone bar and we get the cookies. And I offer her one of the cookies and she says she doesn't want it and I almost die. Because now I am starting to really stinking freak out. Princess T doesn't want a chocolate chip cookie. Oh my God, I've got to go straight to the hospital. Do you want half of it, honey? No. Do you want a quarter of it? Okay, okay, okay. So she's not dying, but man, she is really injured. If she only wants to just kind of nibble on the corner of a quarter of a chocolate chip cookie from the drive-thru at McDonald's, I, I, th this is clearly the worst day of my life. This is worse than the day that I thought she ran away. Because then I had hopes of finding her, and I did, and she was perfectly fine. Now I know she's not perfectly fine. She's not eating chocolate? Either, either she has something horribly wrong with her, or hell has frozen over. Well, Melissa calls. She's got some leads. Okay, good. Let's get off the phone in case your leads come through. Okay, I'll call you right back. I'm going to call you back and I'm going to let you know or I'll email you the addresses. You know, that's what I'll do. I'll email you the doctor information so you have it. And then which, when we pull the trigger, you just can look on your little handy dandy phone. You see the address. You turn left or turn right, whatever you got to do in Beverly Hills and you get this done. Yes, I will. Let's do this team. Here we go. So then I get a phone call. Now, listen, right at this point, if my phone rings, I stinking answer it. Okay? I don't even look to see who it is. I don't care if it's a spammateer. I don't care. I'm answering the phone. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Okay. It's the neighbor slash schoolmate. Now... Okay. This this will shed some light onto why it doesn't even dawn on me to not just call Tim Coyne. Why it would never dawn on me to call any neighbor slash classmate, particularly this one. Now now if you if you really remember back, long time ago, I told the story of we um we were home one weekend and we were all uh not well. And this exact neighbor slash schoolmate called. He says, oh, we're, you know what? We're, we're going to be walking around the neighborhood. We thought we'd stop by and say, you know what? 
Uh, we're very busy today, and uh, uh, you know, one of the kids is taking a nap. So may- maybe tomorrow, or maybe you know, but no, will it just be a minute? Well, you know what? We're sick. Actually, I'm sick. Melissa's sick. Hudson's getting sick. But you know, maybe five minutes. No, don't come over. No, but maybe you know, like two, three minutes. We're just going to be right in the neighborhood. No, I'm like no, and there they are. There they are, and the jackass boy is ramming his bicycle into the gate. Ram, 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 ram. Like, like you know, I'm acting like I'm not trying to break the gate, but dude, I'm trying to break your damn gate. And he couldn't break the gate, so he ran over this huge bottle of car washing soap, and it went all over the garage. And the parents couldn't understand why I had a kind of a funny, angry look on my face. So she calls me up. Not my first choice. Not my first choice. Don't know who my first, this, not, okay? Not my first choice. Dan, I got a message, but it was all garbled. Melissa called me, but it was all garbled. You, you need me to pick up Hudson? Yeah, Gladys, listen. Yeah, um, Tulu had an accident at school. I don't know how long it's going to take. So, um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I might need you to, uh, you know, take Hudson home with you guys. And then if he could just hang out there. We'll, oh, so you're going to the, you're taking him to the doctor now? Where are you, where are you taking him? No, 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 no. That's not even what she says. Well, are we on the list? Are we on your list of people that can take home Hudson? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll work that out. But listen, can, can you take, because if we're not on the list, then I can't take him. You know, they won't let me take him. Well, and I know that, but uh, Gladys, don't worry about it because I'm going to work that all out. Because seriously, I mean, if you, did you put, like, what did you put on your list? Did you put any uh, school family or did you put just some? Did you put us down? Like, listen, I don't know. Do you understand? I don't know. And I don't care. Honey, I'll work it out. I'll work it out. I'm trying to keep my concussion girl talking. And I keep, I'm trying to drive here to Beverly Hills. So can you not interrogate me about the paperwork? I'm pretty sure, given the fact that she bled all over the after-school hallway, that they're going to let it slide, that her brother needs to go home with you, Gladys. Now, of course, I don't say that. I'm gritting my teeth, and it's all just literally bang, bang, bang on the back of my front teeth. Like, just let her have it. Well, don't worry about that, Gladys, because I'll take care of it. I just really focus now on whether or not you can take him. Because you haven't really even told me if you could take him. Can you take him? Well, I mean, I guess if I'm allowed to. Okay, great. Well, if you can take him, I will make arrangements. I'll make all the arrangements, and I will make all the arrangements. Please don't bring it up again, and please don't worry about it, because I'm driving to Beverly Hills. Do you understand? Okay. So you can take him? Yes, I can. Where are you going? Well, um... You know, I honestly don't know the name of the doctor. It was a referral to, uh, by our pediatrician. Well, who is it? Well, I don't know. You don't have a name? No, I don't. It's a referral that Melissa is sending to me on my phone, but I, I, I can't. Well, you can't, can you find out who, I mean, is it Dr. Is it Dr. Rosenbach? Is it, is, is it Dr. Uh, Greenberg? Is it, I'm like, no, I don't know that. Well, is it, is it Feinstelt? Is it uh, Stevens? Is it uh, Hangstrand? Is it Rosenbowl? Is it Hath? Well, honey, I don't know. I don't know. I just told you I don't know. Well, where are they? What do you mean? Well, where's their office? Is it in Beverly Hills? Is it in Century City? Where Where are they a resident? Are they a resident at Sea? What? What? Why are you grilling me about this? I told you that it's a referral from my from from, from Doctor K. Why is this turned into a situation where I have to validate your knowledge of the Los Angeles medical community? 
Why has this become about you, Gladys, and the fact that I didn't call you for a referral when I would have called my pediatrician, Gladys? Why, 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 why does it have to be about you when my gosh darn princess is in the back seat falling asleep, you selfish cow? Well, I just can't believe you don't know who it is. You should have called me. Well, is it Dr. Burgermeister? Is it Dr. Meisterberger? Is it Dr. It's Dr. If you don't shut up, I'm going to scream and Hudson can sleep at school before he goes home with you. So I literally am like, Gladys, I'm driving. I don't know who it is, but I need to hang up the phone right now. Thank you for taking Hudson. I will see you later. So now T is sleeping, which means, you know, she's kind of slid back in the seat and her bandage, you know, the, 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 the around the head, uh, you know, securing bandage, you know, it's kind of been pushed up the back of her skull. And I don't really know what to do. She looks so peaceful and we are getting close. And if, if see, basically, so what has happened is there is one of the doctors who is available. He's going to come back from lunch early. And he's going to see her before his afternoon patients. And he's going to, he's going to do us a solid. He's taking care of it. He understands his Hippocratic oath. He's a man. He's a doctor. He's a surgeon. He's doing his thing. So I'm not too worried now because I'm going to have to wake up T. Very, very soon. Anyway, so Melissa calls me with this information and, and the address. Now, I'm steaming because a stupid Gladys Kravitz who just won't stop freaking hammering me about the doctor's name. The most insignificant bit of... Like, why? I mean, seriously. Am I... I mean, is that what moms do? Or is that just what crazy, like, narcissistic, self-centered moms, they just... Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, I don't care if my daughter's in the back seat with uh, her head literally torn open. I'm going to have a nice little chit-chat with you, and we'll just compare which doctors we know. No, 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 no. So Melissa's got the information, and God love her. It's all, you know, she's got the directions, she's got the phone number, she's got the name of the reception, she's got the everything. But what she doesn't have is the patience to just type it up and email it to me. She's insisting that I pull over and write it down, which, you know, under normal circumstances is not that big a deal. Except that I'm on Santa Monica Boulevard and I'm on big Santa Monica, which means, guess what? There's nowhere to pull over. It's kind of like a freeway that's in the middle of the town. You can't pull over. You can't stop. If you stop at a light, you still can't pull over. There's nowhere to pull over. There's a big wall. So I keep going, keep going. And she's like, well, why aren't you pulling over? Why aren't you pulling over? Because I can't, honey. I can't. And I am not going to stop on Santa Monica Boulevard and have people rear-end me. What good is that going to do your daughter? So then I finally get to Beverly Glen. And I take a right. And then Beverly Glen is no stopping. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping. I'm like, F this. And I pull into some driveway. Or rather block some driveway. And now I got to find a pen. I got to find something to write on. She's getting testy with me. I'm getting testy with her. I, all, all I want to do, I just need to vent just for two seconds about Gladys and she won't let me. And that's irritating because I really need to vent because I really hate Gladys. And I really want to just strangle her and I never want to talk to her again. I don't want her to come over. I don't want her to come over when I say it's okay. I don't want her to come over when I say it's not okay. And every, t you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I never want to see her again. 
So Melissa gives me the address, the directions. It's kind of tricky because their address is this street, but you have to park on that street and you kind of go in on the other street that's not the address and you're gonna, it's part of this little triangle thing and it's going to be a little tricky to find, but don't worry, you'll find it. Well, in all the hubbub, T does wake up and we do find parking very easily in Beverly Hills. Holy cow, I can't believe it. Add a meter, ching, 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 ching. Put in the quarters. We got two hours. We're good to go. But T's in much better spirits now. She wants to bring her bag of cookies into the doctor's office. Hey, baby, no problem. So I try to get her bandage back on her head. And I'm not doing that great a job. And and she's still bleeding. So I kind of, you know, I get a little, I kind of brush a little of the blood off, but I don't, you know, I've not seen this wound. So I have no idea what it looks like, exactly where it is. I don't know how big it is. All I know is that it's still doing its woundy thing. But I put the pad thingy back on and then the head wrap thing around her and I pick, I'm carrying her in one hand and I'm putting the money in the meter because I forgot to do that before I picked her up and I put the money in the meter and then I get the cookies and then we're wandering around uh, this three block area, luckily three small blocks of Beverly Hills trying to figure out where, which is the building. So we can't find it. We can't find it. We're crossing the street. We're, we're crossing the street. This little street. And this Mercedes pulls up. This big, huge Mercedes with this, uh, you know, very kind of dashing Middle Eastern guy driving. And two very uh, beautiful looking kind of Middle Eastern looking women. Middle Eastern? Yeah, I, I, I assume so. You know, very, very rich looking, very beautifully dressed. But they all have these gigantic eyeballs. Absolutely huge eyeballs. And the Mercedes kind of slows and comes to a stop at the stop sign to let us go. But then it even starts to back up and they're all looking at me. And then I realize they're not looking at me. They're looking at me and my daughter. And I look up and her bandage is completely up and there's a big trickle of blood pouring down this poor girl's head. So they're literally like, let's just get out of this poor bastard's way and let him get to wherever he's taking that little angel. Well, we find a building eventually that we assume is the doctor's building. And we open the door and I say, is this uh, 201? Yes, it is. And then this other woman, like kind of, uh, you know, on the other side of the foyer says, are you looking for doctor so-and-so? Yes, we are. Follow me. And she starts heading up the stairs. And we follow her. Now, just to give you a, a, you know, a reality on where we are, we're in Beverly Hills, okay? We are in the office of a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. So the woman walking us up the stairs is put together in a way that you just don't usually see from a normal medical office. You know, you go into a normal medical office and there's some woman, usually a woman sitting behind the counter. Maybe she's got one of those scrub things on, you know, or maybe it's one of those scrub things, overshirt things with, uh, you know, you know, some deers on it or something. You know, like uh, bunny rabbits or ducks or some, some such. Or someone looking very... This woman looks like she's going shopping in Beverly Hills, like skin-tight leather pants with a dangly belt, and she's got some kind of vest on. Her hair is literally just mathematically perfect. Lovely woman. 
ushers us in. You're here to see the doctor. I will pay. I mean, everything is just like glass and silk and smooth and effort and just lovely, right? Well, T, you know, the princess by now is cool as a cumber. She's, you know, she's just kind of looking around. At the, there's this purple wallpaper downstairs and up here. It's sort of this gold uh, flaky stuff. I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm just like, <laughs> we please sew my daughter's head. So, you know, she shows us into this immaculate little room with what looks like a dentist chair. Very sparsely, you know, set up, obviously for some sort of procedures. And the doctor comes in. He's this lovely little man, probably my age or so. Follically challenged, much like yours uh, truly. Great way with kids. Hey, how are you? So what's happening? What's going on? I'm the doctor and we're going to do this and sit here and da 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 da. Well, as she's getting situated in the chair, and I'm I'm there with her, you know, kind of holding her hand, rubbing her leg, we're chit-chatting, we're kind of keep her distracted from the, what's really about to go on. They take off the bandage. And this cut, now maybe for you this is small. The cut on her forehead is probably a half or three quarters of an inch long and I can see into it and I'm no doctor but I think I can see all the way to something hard so they begin to clean her up with some of this and some of that and some peroxide and some of this and this cut is a, an incision it looks perfect there's a little bit of a scratch right at the top but whatever she hit or however it happened however the human body reacts to whatever trauma it was that was put under this incision looks like an incision it doesn't look like a cut or a hit or a thing right it looks clean so the doctor gets out this stuff that he claims is cake frosting he shows it to Lou. He shows it to T. And he says, look, this is just like frosting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you into a cupcake. And she says, okay, make me into a cupcake. So he starts slathering on this white frosting stuff. And he leaves that on there. And then he pulls out this other stuff. And he says, okay, now I'm going to paint your, I'm going to take off all that frosting. Now I'm going to paint your head with chocolate. Okay. So he paints her head with this chocolate stuff. And it's basically the stuff that they paint around something that they're about to, you know, do a procedure on. But he's telling her that it's vanilla frosting and it's chocolate sauce and it's this and it's that. Now, I've always thought that, well, maybe not always, but definitely for two, three decades, that women are by far the smarter, stronger of the sexes. And this is only further confirmation because 
I'm the guy, I mean, I can't even discuss medical procedures at the dinner table without getting the heebie-jeebies to like, I have to start pounding on my knees and screaming, stop. Stop saying that. Stop. You just got to stop talking about the, the, the thing. She never cried. She never, I mean, she wasn't thrilled about getting the Novocaine, uh, you know, injections. But my son used to go two out of three falls with Dr. K just to get his flu shots. I mean, he once kicked, you know, like literally <laughs> lashing out in these Kung Fu moves to not get a single Kung Fu shot or a flu shot, excuse me. And she just laid there and took it in stride. They must have given her six or eight, maybe even more of these, you know, numbing, I assume Novocaine injections. And then they sewed her up. They sewed up my little baby. And the doctor did confirm that that cut was bad to the bone. But this guy is an artist. He has the hands of uh, an angel. He just, you know. It all just kind of went together like it was reverse photography. And he put a little sort of almost permanent bandage over the stitches. And next thing I knew, I mean, we weren't there. I mean, how long were we there? Half an hour total? An hour? It flew by. And next thing I knew, she was on her feet having a cookie. Having a cookie like she has a cookie with her whole being, having a cookie. And he assured me that there'd be no scarring. That she'd be red. You know, she'll be red for a little while. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, she'll be red for a little while. But you know what? Uh, the redness will probably go away by, uh, by the time she's a teenager. By the, t by, by the time she's a teenager? It's going to go, in other words, it's going to go away by the time she, in other words, she's going to, she's going to have it till the time. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because what that means is she's going to have a little red mark on smooth skin till she's a teenager. But she doesn't have a concussion. She didn't break any bones. She didn't knock out any teeth. She's already completely back to normal, except for the fact that she's got stitches. She's a little upset that she can't do karate. And she doesn't want anyone to know. She doesn't want anyone to talk to her about it, like none of her friends. And I don't know if it's pride or she doesn't want them to worry. Because she likes attention, but she just doesn't want that attention. She just wants to have fun. It's amazing.
When I first got the call, I was upset that I was going to miss the audition. I have to admit that. It took me a while to shift gears. Or rather, I had two tracks. I went from having one-track mind to two-track mind. Went from audition one track to then the split track, but then it was all about tea after that. And getting her home and getting her settled. But then it was an even more vivid reminder about the health insurance, (laughs) you know? Ah, kids are so strong. They can be so resilient, so tough. I mean, it's not just that they're young and wiry and they can fall down a flight of stairs and walk away. It's not just that. They, they only bring so much baggage with them into certain situations, so they just can kind of actually take things in stride better sometimes. I mean, I was a wreck. Trying to be casual. And she was fine. Amazing. So she was fine. What a relief. I mean, you know, after hours of heart-wrenching palpitations. She was fine. And she was going to be fine. She was going to be perfectly fine. And we were in and out of there, you know, like I say, in probably an hour. The biggest relief, though, You know, going to the strange doctor and your daughter and her head and you don't know and, you know, just all of that. Afterwards, the biggest relief is that Hudson doesn't have to go home with Gladys. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for uh, downloading and thanks for downloading. All right. Uh, Dan Class, The Bitter's Bill. Thank you for supporting the show. 206-309-0130, I think. Shoot. I got to write that down in here somewhere. I record every show right here, staring right at this wall. Why couldn't the phone... Right? Okay. You agree, don't you? Okay, kids. Uh, You know, when your mom and dad say, be careful, could you just do it? And be careful, please. We're not joking. Okay. Thank you. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.